With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Have you ever wondered what happened to Lance Von Erich? Find out in his book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read stories about Chris Adams, Ric Flair, and Billy Jack Haynes. And of course, the Von Erich family themselves. Get your book today on Amazon. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and my guest today is Wild Bill Irwin, retired professional wrestler of 20 years. How you doing, Bill? Well, you know, uh, I'm feeling great. Yeah, everything's good. Uh, I'm not getting beat up every day, and I don't got to drive a 1,000 miles every day, so, you know, I'm doing good. Now, I came across you when you were wrestling in Dallas, I guess in the early 80s, um, how did you get to Dallas? Uh, through Calgary. Well, I'd like to I, take I, the conversation back to Dallas if we could. You know, that, cause that was when I discovered you and, uh, you know, I, I don't know how tall you are, but, you know, could David Von Erich, I mean, you look like a pretty tall guy, um, or, you know, because he was tall, right? How, how, yeah, how tall are you, Bill? I'm 6'2". He was a little bit taller than me, maybe 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, now, now, you and David had a lot of wrestling matches. Did You matched up well with him, right? We had good matches because we were relatively the same. We had good respect for each other. We liked each other. Uh, yeah, we were of the same generation. We had the same thinking. Uh, there wasn't a problem at all with between him and I when we'd get in the ring or so yeah, we were friends. Were you guys close in age? I know he was twenty five, right, when he passed away? We were close. I think I'm a little older than he was. You know, a lot of people talk about that he was the better wrestler of uh of the brothers. Do you agree with that? Yes. What do you, what do you think it was that stood out that stood out about him? Uh, he had the wrestling mind for the whole thing. Um, yeah, was he the body like Carrie? No, uh, but he had the mind. If anybody, the fall of that empire was the death of David. All the rest is Kevin. Kevin's Kevin. Kevin's the oldest, you know. And but Kevin, Kevin was good in the ring. Not saying he wasn't, but he did not have necessarily the I want to say the mind for it, the booking part of it, the ideas, the stuff. You know, he was there, and he would be. He he's been and always has been fine. You know, everything's good, but and you could do stuff with him. But was he really a top? star uh no david would have been the star along with Ke- uh terry 
and Kerry was the star because he was the young bodybuilder, uh, blah, blah, blah. And everybody liked, you know, Kerry. But David would have been the true end-of-time owner and booker of the whole nine yards. He had the mind for the rest at bits and pieces. There was a lot of talk of the National Wrestling Alliance putting the NWA title on him. How, how true is that, or did you hear that? On who? On David. Yeah, they were. He was going to win it at Texas Stadium when we got back from Japan. But since he didn't make it back from Japan, they put Kerry into the match and dropped the belt to him. David was supposed to take the belt from Flair. Now, how long was he supposed to carry it and all of that? You know, that's all here and there. But uh, they, they, I remember that the, the truth was that David was supposed to work with Flair at Texas Stadium and win the belt there. When he died over in Japan, they switched it and put it as to carry, like put carry in there. And, of course, uh, you know, with the death and all this stuff, put carry over you know, that'll get Carrie strong and make him a, you know, power and a superstar even more than he was already. And Flair will get it back and I don't even know how long they would have thought of, but he'd get it back. How long were you guys in Japan? How many, how many days or, or weeks were you guys into that tour? I think that was a three week tour. Was it near the end of the tour when he passed away, or the middle, or? First day. Oh, wow. The first day we flew over, and we all, you know, and like I've said before, you know, when you go to Japan in those days, you know, you'd fly from, I don't even know where you might be, but, you know, we'd fly, you'd fly out to L.A. You fly into LAX, and they, you know, and then you know, you know, you're going to a plane and it's at some gate and all the boys, they start congregating, coming from places, you know, cause myself and David and, uh, Scott was on, my brother Scott was on the tour, you know, there were other people on the tour, but you all end up kind of, you meet at the gate. Oh, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you got two, three hours before the thing leaves. Well, guess where you go? You go to the bar. You sit in there and you have drinks and ga ga goo goo and laugh and giggle and talk talk tough and talk smart. And then you know it's time to go get on a plane. So you turn around, go over there. And in the old days, you know, the wrestlers, oh god, here they come. Get them on the plane. Anyway, we get on the plane, and of course we've had a couple of beers. And you get on the plane, you have a, a couple of more beers, and then you know uh, it's time to they'll feed you, and then they start. They come with their food, you eat your food, and okay, now, uh, you know, basically, basically, you'd eat, you go to sleep, because it's, you know, you've been up all day drinking, and it's time to sleep, so you fall asleep, then when you wake up, you got a couple hours in the air, and you'd land in Japan. We landed in Japan, and then, uh, from, J when you land in Japan, ooh, it's a big thing, you know, they always hype all the wrestlers coming, and you go, and they have this, uh, uh, meeting with the press, and of course, all the wrestlers say how good they are, and I'm going to kick everybody's ass, and blah, 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 blah. You know how that goes. And, you know, so we did that, and then after that, we went off to eat at, uh, uh Ribera Steakhouse. 
uh, which is a famous, well, I don't know if it's famous to everybody, but to the wrestlers, that was the place that we went to, Rivera's Steakhouse. It's about as big as a small one-bedroom apartment. And, you know, it, it was just, uh, you sit at these stools at a counter and they cook steaks and, oh, God, it was great food. But, you know, they cook it up and feed you beer. And the guy was a wrestling mark. Oh, God, he loved it. And, you know, he'd have all the stools lined up with the wrestlers and everybody's having a good time. And, you know, so we went we went there and drank and ate. And then, you know, of course, eventually it's time. Okay, we got to get back to the hotel. So we turn around, we go back to the hotel, and then we get to the hotel. And, oh, of course, hey, let's have one more, will you? Okay, and everybody goes into the bar, and, you know, okay. You know, and David says, okay, I'll be right back. Well, David disappears. And, and, and I think he goes upstairs, and I don't know anything really. I wasn't with him, so I can't really tell you the absolute truth, but after hearing that he was a purger, you know what purging is, don't you? I do. Yeah, well, he purged. So he would go up, and evidently he would purge, and then he came back down because we're all fat and sassy and drinking at the bar, and he comes down and orders more food. And we're looking at each other like, holy Christ, what does he do with all this food, you know, but he's eating again, and, you know, like, oh, all right, well, fine, you know, so he's eating again, well, not my, not my gig, you know, hey, fine, go ahead, eat if you want to, and then, you know, of course, it finally gets time that we got to, you know, get out of the bar and head up, and so, and since I was really friendly with David at the time, you know, out of the, come out of his territories and friendly, he goes, hey, hey, come on up, come on up to my room. You know, so, well, all right, you know, so we go up to the room, we sit down, have a beer or something, and, you know, sit and chit-chat for a few minutes, and then it was like, oh, you know, David, long day, I, I, I'm going to my room. Yeah, 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 yeah. He says, that's okay, that's cool, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call my wife. And he walked around the bed to the other side, to the short side of the bedroom, if you can understand what I'm saying, you know, generally. The hotel rooms aren't big, but, you know, usually the the bed's closer to one wall than the other or whatever. But so he went around to the short side and got the phone and, you know, okay, hey, I'm going to call my wife. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow. All right, good night. Boom. And I left. You know, fine. Everything, everything's hunky-dory. I go to my room. I go to sleep. Everything's good. The next day, you get up, you know, you got... You got to get food. You got to kind of get going. You wander around a little bit and, you know, fine. And then it's time to get on the bus, like five o'clock at night. All right, fine. We're all getting on the bus and, you know, everybody's getting on and Bruiser Brody's getting on and we're all getting on. We're all sitting on the bus and we're waiting for David. Joe Haguchi and, you know, he ran, he ran with the Americans because he could speak English and he communicated with us. He comes in and asks for Brody to come, come, come. And then Brody gets up and goes, oh, you know, like, watch. So he goes off and we're all sitting there and in the distance we hear ambulance coming. And everybody starts looking around at each other and Brody's up front, and I'm a little bit behind him, and then, the, I don't know, the rest of the bus kind of behind us all. And we all get up instantly. Woo. All of us file off the bus, and we're right after uh, 
uh, Brody and Joe Haguchi, and they go in. We go in. Oh, God, why can't I? I can't think of the name of this hotel. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. We go into the hotel. We go up one flight of stairs. He was on the first floor in the corner, and he had a bit of a suite compared to a corner room up there. It's a little bit bigger than compared to the little rooms that most of us had. But he had this corner suite, so they open the door. Oof, in we go, and we come around the corner, and there's David laid out on the bed from the same side that I left him on to to call his wife, right? And he was just laid back, and he was as blue as a pair of jeans, just blue, blue. His face, the skin color was blue. He was blue. Oh, and it was like, holy shit. And burst right in behind us came the uh, paramedic. And they came in and they jumped on him and he's on the bed and they're trying to resuscitate him. But the bed's bouncing because, you know, they're pumping on his chest. So Brody grabs his feet and I grab his wrist and we pull him over to the edge of the bed. And when his head falls off the edge of the bed, his head pops back and out of his mouth, just this amount of food comes. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, a a roll of food just came out of his mouth, you know. And then they they wiped it away and jumped on him, and they worked on him and worked on him. And then, you know, got and then pretty soon it's, okay, we got to get out of their way. And so we're out of there, and then they eventually take him off. Well, we knew when he saw him, he he was done. Right. I, I want to go back and ask you a question because you asked me if I knew what perfume was, and yes, I do. But I never heard this about David Von Erich. How, I mean, was that a common practice for him? Yeah, that's the point. But why was that? He, I have no idea why. Because you know, when people purge, it's not like not something. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know that answer. I couldn't tell you why people purge. It's a, some type of an addiction or something that they, you know, they 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 puke up food so they can eat more. I don't know. I, I yeah, he got me on the whole nine yards. Yeah, and David Manning insists that the autopsy said that he had like acute entryitis. I, I really, I, I, I could not tell you. I don't know. David Manning wasn't there. He can tell you whatever he wants to tell you. And he can say whatever he thinks he knows. But David Manning wasn't there. Right? And I know that he ate like a pig. Went up there, or not ate like a pig. He ate like the rest of us pigs ate, right? But he went upstairs, and when he came back down, and I had heard that he maybe he had, you know, a bit of a purging disease where you eat a bunch and then you throw it up or whatever. After when, you know, once the whole thing went by and I started thinking back about this, we ate like pigs over at, uh, you know, the restaurant and then come back. And when we went into this little bar and restaurant, he ordered more food and none of us, we all looked at each other like, oh. When you sit and think about shit, you're going, oh, okay, all right, all right. So he went upstairs and purged and came back down. He's ready to go, hey, you know. 
I, 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 all I can tell you is I was there and that's what I think. And David Manning can come up with whatever he wants to say it was or whatever. I don't know. I don't, and where does he get that considering he wasn't even there? I don't know. I'm not going to argue with David Manning, but really, David, you weren't even there. And I don't know. Did you see a, a death report on him or, you know, I don't know. Uh, where are you getting that shit? You're just, you're, you know, whatever. I would say, I would say to David Manning, whatever, you weren't there. There's a lot of rumors, uh, you know, a lot of talk about Bruiser Brody going in there and taking, uh, prescription bottles out of his room. How, how true was that? Didn't see it. Wasn't, I was there. I was there till they ran us out. Did I see any prescription drugs, prescriptions? Uh, I'll say great amounts of no. I can't attest to that at all. Yeah, okay. Okay. What, you know, and uh, do you know how long was David over there in, in Japan before he came back to the States? Uh, was it a short period of time? Twelve hours. He was dead the next day. And then, of course, it takes a certain amount of time. And I don't know how much time it takes to get a dead body out of Japan, back to the States, and all the shit. I don't know. I know they had a funeral over there for him, right? And then when he came back, there was a funeral over here. Time frame on all of it, I don't really have a clue. I, you know. Were you at the funeral over there in Japan? Yes, I was. Both Scott and I were at the funeral. They they held David Von Erich in high regard over there, right? Oh yeah, he was a superstar. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Was it yeah, pretty surreal? Well, yeah. yeah, it's surreal. I mean, you're over there with your friend, and you know, who's the uh, son of a promoter back in Texas, and uh, blah blah blah, who you work for, and then. You know, suddenly he's dead. You're the last guy to see him dead. And then, you know, you're going off and you're going to funerals in Japan. Then you get back and there's, I don't think, I wasn't back for the funeral in, uh, states. You know, yeah. It's all kind of like, whoa. Yeah, it's all very weird. Yeah, I bet. You know, and the whole damn thing's odd. You know, the whole, the whole Von Eric story is odd. The whole damn thing, beginning to end, you know. First brother dies in a puddle of mud. What the fuck? What are you talking about? You know, and Kevin, and then, you know, David dies in Japan. Carrie shoots himself. Mike eats drugs and dies under a bush in some park. And Chris shoots himself too with a nine mil. <laughs> are you kidding me? You can't write this shit. You gotta make this shit. Unreal. Did you see a big change in in Kevin over the years? No, Kevin's Kevin. I've talked to Kevin. Kevin's called me out of the blue sometime. I don't know where the hell I was. Somebody called me and he said, this is Kevin Byer. I said, what the fuck? What? What are you doing? And he called me because, uh, you know, he found my number and just wanted to call and he invited me to come over to his place in Hawaii and all that kind of shit. You know, just Kevin being Kevin. Kevin was always friendly to me and, you know, we always had good talks because Kevin might be, I think Kevin's about my age. 
And when we, I first went in down there, you know, he had his wife and uh, his oldest child was very, was a young girl. Well, you know, so since I'm going in, I'm about the age of these boys. And that's why I, I think that's why I fit in so good with all these guys. I was there, I was their age. And then, you know, with me coming in, you know, you brought in, they start bringing in other young guys and people working with the Von Erics and stuff. Yeah, it all worked fine. Yeah, Kevin was always, Kevin's always Kevin. He's a little off the deep end. You know. Was Mike's death a shock to you? Yes. Yeah. Mike's death was a definite shock to everybody. They found him in a sleeping bag under a bush in a park where he OD'd. He ate. Mike's death. Mike was fine around the wrestling. Mike was doing very good. Everything was fine. But in Mike's beginning, was he wanted to be in a rock and roll band. He was a guitar player when he was, you know, young, before he got into wrestling. But from what I heard, Daddy said, no. No, no, no. You're not going in some rock and roll band. You're going to be a wrestler with your brother. And he truthfully did not want to be a wrestler with his brothers. You know, he wanted to be in a rock and roll band, right? And uh, so I met him young, and, uh, you know, he came in. He was kind of... He was smaller than David, but built about the same, you know, kind of skinny and tall. And, uh, you know, he came around and blah, 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 was fine, got into it a little bit. And then, you know, um, he was supposed to go in for a, a, a shoulder surgery, I think it was. I'll tip my tongue. I don't know whether it was or not, but it was supposed to be. Some type of surgery is supposed to go into the hospital for. Well, when he went in, it was like, and again, I wasn't there with him, but from what I heard, he had been out binging a little bit for a day or two before he went in. And when he went in, he kind of went directly in, you know what I mean? He didn't go home and take a couple breaks. He went on in, and I think his system was dirty, and he got, they, you know, so they went in, and he didn't tell us the uh, doctors and then it was ah, there used to be a disease can't think of it toxic shock syndrome toxic shock syndrome that's it well when he went in with dirty system and they put all this shit in him to do his thing well he got toxic shock syndrome and he never he never came back the same he came back but he was not the same kid it was just you know he wasn't the same and then you know, so he worked a little bit, but it wasn't, it was, he was not the same. Nah. You know. Where were you working when, when Carrie died? Were you back in Dallas? I don't know what year was that. I don't know what year Carrie died. It was February 18th, 1993. Well, if it was 93. I was probably living in the Dallas area, traveling a little bit, doing spot shows out, and maybe picking up some work in the area. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't remember where. Well, it's got to be 
I was in, I was living in Sanger, Texas, just north of Denton, so I was around the area somewhere. What were your thoughts on that? I, uh, well, I don't know what my original thoughts were. I guess my original thing was, you know, everybody's telling everything, and I thought, well, get a hold of, uh, Kitty went to high school, was a family friend the whole year. He's a high school friend of Terry's and all this shit. Oh, Brian Adidas. Brian Adidas, yeah. You know, Brian, I've talked to Brian and heard from him or from somebody that, you know, you know Carrie, Carrie broke his foot on a motorcycle being stupid. And, uh, he got, you know, he got repaired and he would have been fine. Then he got stupid again, fell down the stairs of his house, rebroke that ankle. With that, I don't know that they amputated it or what. I don't know from there exactly what, from what I heard. I think it had to be fused or amputated. And that's where he came on with that, started wearing those long fringe boots and the, the foot, the ankle didn't move. Well, I mean, he still got around the ring well, you know, it wasn't really a problem, but you could tell. And then he got popped. And of course, while he's under, not arrest, but I mean, he was, you know, told by the court, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Uh, don't do this again or whatever. You're going to jail. Well, guess what? He got popped again without he was going to jail. And I don't know. I guess he went to the, the ranch up there, if you will. And anyway, anyway, long story short, he went there. His father was there. He went to the house. He went in the house and got a gun. And went and got in his car and drove by his dad and waved at him. This is what I got from Brian Adidas. And he said, dad was like, what are you doing? Where are you going? What are you, what's going on? He went off and shot himself in the chest. Um, killed himself because he got popped once and then he got popped again. So with the second, second arrest, he thought he was going to jail. You know, I mean, like I said, I was living in North Texas when all that was going on. And so it was. Sure. A shock to everybody that was living up there, and, you know. I mean, I didn't know them, but it was kind of like, you know, they were ours, right? You know, and I'm sure it was yeah. Yeah. different for, for the boys, obviously, because you guys knew them personally. Uh, what what was their loss to the, you know, what what did that mean to professional wrestling, you think, that those tragedies? Those tragedies, all of them combined together was, uh, I would, I would, I would have to say is the end of the territory. In other words, you know, at that, at the time that this was all happening, Vince McMahon was on the very verge of starting. We had Texas Stadium with, I don't even know how many people were in Texas Stadium for when Kerry won the belt and there was a, you know, the cage matches, and we were all there, and we all ran right in Texas Stadium. That was the biggest show, you know, in the country at the time. Vince went up, he went up and did his WrestleMania, his first one, right? And so that's the very first one. Well, if 
if David, if Carrie, if Michael, if Von Eriks had not bowed out, if I, if you will, for lack of a better term, uh, I think that territory would have continued to grow, and that territory would have been something that Vince could have gone up against or been at least somebody to fight against them, you know. So, but when they all died, it all changed, and everything changed, you know, like all the territories start dying. Yeah, I think that uh, the 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 death of all the Von Erichs was a big deal in professional wrestling in that they had the ability to possibly go as far as Vince is gone because they had the they had the uh the T V that went all the way up into New York, all across the Christian network, all across the country. But, you know, when they start dying, uh, you know, and it all it all disappeared. Because a lot of those guys, you know a lot of the guys that went to New York came out of Texas. Take me back to a lot of memories, but also to, you know, um, heavy conversation, you know, very sad and tragic uh, story yeah. for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was in Texas during all of their death. And, uh, like, you know, and Chris, Chris shoots himself with a nine mil because shoots himself in the head because he's not a successful wrestler. It's such a tragic story, but I'm just so glad that you came on to talk to me and share that with me, and thank you. Well, you're welcome. And, uh, you know, I hope a lot of the people out there can, uh, you know, listen to it. And there was a lot of tragedies down there. And, you know, like I said, there's uh, there was a lot of good wrestling and a lot of good people. And I'm just sorry a lot they had to go early. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast, where wrestling lives. Russellville.com presents the book Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. Hear how he was discovered, what happened when he was at World Class, and the adventures he had when he left Dallas. Also available, the Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume 1 and 2. Read stories of the Northern Wrestling Federation, Jazz, Bobby Eaton, Thunder Rosa, Tracy Smothers, Harley Race, PJ Black, Bushwhacker Luke, The Fantastics, Ricky Morton, Scott Casey, Tim Storm, Kamala, Sauronaro, Jeremiah Plunkett, Andrew Anderson, and many more. Get your books today at Russellville.com. Russell. Wrestleville. It's, it's where wrestling, wrestling lives. lives.